this. Yes. Good. Good. T-Rex at 35 miles per hour. All right, everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Tales of the Outer Rim, Stranger Skies. If you've been listening, then you know we are short effort for the foreseeable future, but we have added two new or three new players to the game, and I will... Introduce them and let them tell a little bit about their characters and who they are so we can get to know our new players. I'm just going to go down the order that I have on roll 20 here. So we'll start with Moose. Ryan, tell us who you are and tell us who your character is. Hello. I am Moose. The character I'm playing, his name is HW. He is a Polis Masan that is looking to live his life as an archaeologist. And Polis Masan. They don't have mouths, they communicate telepathically. Yes, they they speak through telepathy in a short range to people. All right. And we have Mike Pye. Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself and your character. I have returned. Oh my That's god. <laughs> I have you now. Hello, hello. I am Mike Pye. Not new to the game, but new to this story arc. I am playing Seely Tan, a yellow-eyed, dark and mysterious Kaminoan with very dark desires. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. If you any of you have listened before, you know that Mike joined us for the Christmas special and as the as of yet unreleased actual first season uh, first game we played. It's it's not been edited. It's is coming and last but not least we have spencer would you like to say hello and introduce yourself and your character uh, hello i am spencer i'm playing a fargoal named Kans maurik who is a just general thief ne'er-do-well you know likes to get in trouble but is hilariously inept at doing so and fargoal are like they're like a race of cat people yeah like links yeah they got tufted ears and like bushy tails. Not not tufted, but like oh, bushy I have the bush tails. tail. <laughs> and if you want to think culture of the Fargoul, think uh, Khajiit from Skyrim. It's yep. similar. It's not identical, but it's very similar. Cool. All right, and they will be joining the rest of us, John, Ben, Adam, and myself, as we continue through Adam's. Dark creations. <laughs> yes. Do you want to do a recap here? Well, I'm finishing up something right here. All right. Yeah, Ben. Would, since you took notes, and I got, I have to find mine wherever they are. Would you like to give us a recap of how our last session went? Yeah, no problem. There was just dust everywhere, and then the creature, the big old cat, attacks Ned. Captain Tort comes up and does a huge hit to the cat. Orsh, he moves around and does a, does a little sneak attack. Hez attacks and staggers the cat. Cat lost the turn. And then Hez, he attacks and kills the cat. Ah, 
Hell yeah. Skins it for the armor. We all took a little trinket, like a tooth, to make a necklace or whatever, and then Hez took the teeth and the paws. And the pelts. And the pelts, right. Yeah, yeah. he took it for armor. I, I said that. Skinned oh, it for okay. armor. Yeah. They have two large pelts and one, like, giant pelt from the previous cats. Yeah, and I believe the how we ended the last, <laughs> the last session was we'd, we'd finished, we'd killed the cat, we began dismembering it and seeing all the crazy shit on the walls. And as I was removing the paws from this to prove that we had taken care of the problem without having to drag the entire carcass back, a cat, a, an actual normal-sized cat ran in, followed by a child who was very concerned at what just happened. Oh, yeah. What the fuck is that? Oh my god, it's the kid. <laughs> yeah. Alright, are we ready to roll Destiny? Yeah, go for it, guys. Let me roll four. God damn. Well, there we go. You guys, what the fuck? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, yes. Good, good. Seven dark to four light. Alright. So I'm pretty sure we left off at the end with the boy, you hearing little clip clops of hooves. He says, he said, what are you doing? And I was like, well, we had to kill this thing. Yeah. We have proof to bring it in. It was yeah. killing all the birds. You were uh, getting ready to feed it a chunk of meat from its. Oh, no, yeah. The little cat came in and I was going to feed it a little piece of the big cat. <laughs> yeah. So you hear this boy go, menace, menace. Why did you run all the way back here? Is is Master back? Just giving her a little treat, you know? <laughs> you, yeah, you see, as you're doing that, or saying that, you see the boy, just that same boy that almost ran you guys over in, well, I guess he did run you over in the town earlier, is just standing in the way, or the entryway of the temple with his jaw just dropped. What, what, what are you, what have you done? And he's going to run up to the what have we done? This thing was this thing was mean. The big cat. He's so as you're saying that he, the boy runs up to the big cat and kneels over the body, and it, you you can kind of hear some sobbing. Oh, careful! It's, it's real messy. Oh, oh, you're in the blood. Oh, god. Uh, yep. That stains. Oh. He's going to just kind of choke through these tears and go. What? Why did you do this? He was killing all of Cranon's birds, man. We had to we had to stop put a stop to it. And then, you know, it wasn't gonna go peacefully. The thing was thing came at us and you, Oh rah. He's gonna turn the boy is gonna turn his head and say, You did this to protect to protect those things? Hey man, the guy in the town said that everyone likes him. They 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 everybody in the town likes to eat him. It's like a delicacy or whatever, and he was like, Oh, I won't help you until you help me. And then we, I didn't want to do it, right? I just wanted to leave. I hate Those, this place. <laughs> he's, the boy isn't crying anymore. He just looks pissed. Don't be clapping in the blood. It's going to splatter. He's going to look at you and go, those, those birds are destroying everything around here. Nothing can kill them or stop them. Oh, 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 oh I could kill them. They, a couple of them have been dead. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. You killed others? Oh, no, the bird, no, the birds, I can be birds. This thing killed a bunch of birds. I know they could die. You're wrong about that. They could definitely die. That's what they were, that's what we empowered them to do. Who's we? There was no other way. 
the guy the guy in town seemed pretty cool with the birds, so I don't know what you're talking about. Of course they are. Not Cranon, the guy in the town. The other guy, like you. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, whoa. The boy is, his head's gonna lower, and... John, last session you were saying that you didn't see anything. You rolled a really good perception check, so I'm gonna give you this. You're looking at this boy, and the air seems to shimmer around him. I'm ready to shoot him. I gave you my light <laughs> side point. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. You shoot him, like, dead on, and uh, right where you see that shimmering air, you would think that you would do damage, but that shimmering air, or the force bolt, hits that area where the shimmering air is at, and just, like, poops out of existence. I'd like to make a check. My successes mean nothing, then, is what you're saying? He's got armor. <laughs> it's what I'm telling you. I know. I would like to make a check. What kind of check? I'm going to fling this cat beast blood into his face and eyes and tell everyone to run. Okay. What, what are you going to... I don't know. What do you think I should roll? Like a ranged light or something? Uh, or um, coordination? Uh, yeah, sure. Coordination. Cool. I'm all about that. Okay, go for it. Trying to find There it is. For note's sake, I just wanted to make sure... Our captain just shot this boy, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's doing weird shimmery things. This this yeah. is about survival now. You shot at him. He he shot at him, but it looked like the force bolt hit something solid about we'll call a foot off the boy's body. Well, I'm going to take this giant cat's paw and just drag it through a puddle of its blood and then fling it right up in this kid's face. Like, hey guys! And Hess is gonna, as he's pocketing these paws and dragging this pelt, he's running out of the door. So you do throw that, and the paw and blood both. No, no, no! no. I keep the paw. I just use it to fling oh, the blood. You fling the blood. So the blood hits this. It hits about the same. Look, is traveling at a normal speed that you would expect that like bodily fluids to fling, and yeah. about the same distance away, it hits. Looks like it hits something solid. Stands in the air for about. I don't know, five seconds, and then just sloshes at the ground in almost like a perfect circle. I'm still running. I didn't see that. I just started Why running. Why exactly did they need a cat to deal with these birds if this kid is invincible? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? You guys, I'm so cool. We gotta get out of here. Run! Yeah, right? So as you're leaving, <laughs> Torque, again, you can see, because of your perception check, you can see that the the black mist that was kind of just hanging over in the temple seems Gosh. to be swirling above the kid and a... I breathed that in. Bullshit. I told you, when that cat fucking died, I went... And I breathed it in, breathe. and I was like, I have your soul! I, I did that! It was in an episode, you can go back and fucking listen to it, it's already been released. Really you, you didn't breathe in all of it. Okay, no, it's fine. I, I wouldn't, as, I'm not that kind of magic anyway, so... Yeah, on. so as you're leaving, you can see the black mist uh, is now swirling above the boy in, like, sort of a funnel. And the boy, you, as you're running past him, you hear him muttering, You need to leave. And oh, so as Tor or as Orshid is leaving, I am going to do this. He's up at the wall, and as he goes to turn to leave, he 
sees something glint and Edoki uh, could look at what he leans over and picks up and puts in his pocket. And he runs out. He, he Also, he, by the way, is covered in this cat's blood because you said he was eating the raw meat. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys exit the temple. As we get out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on that bird that's out there still and like, yeah! If that bird is still there, it's there. If it's not, I'm running anyway. You're outside the temple. The bird is still tied up. It's not dead. It is dusk now, though. So this has all been basically one day since you guys have been here. Yeah, okay. It's now becoming dusk. Everybody roll perception checks. Let me set. Are the emus the birds? Yeah. Yeah. They are. They're they're called oryxes. They're basically like giant violent chocobos. (laughs) Yeah. Killer emus. Got it. Yeah. Damn, Ben. Holy shit. Damn. Nevis tearing it up. Torque, you were thrown off by what the fuck you just saw. Like, as you were walking past the kid, you didn't feel anything solid. But he clearly had some sort of, like, force field or something that you have never seen before. Nevin has, you both have become accustomed to the noises of the jungle around here just from the three, three and a half hours you've been walking around here. Right. As you walk out, you notice that it's becoming dusk and it's getting dark. It's going to be dark out soon, you would assume. But also that all of those noises that you were used to hearing are gone. Guys, this is bad. It's really quiet. Too quiet. What are you guys doing? I'm already mounting this bird to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> I'm the only one small enough to ride this thing. <laughs> all right. You guys just going to keep going? I kind of want to look around. You want to stick around? Is that what you want? You want to hang out? You want to hang out with that, whatever the hell that kid's doing in there? Well, I mean, you're you're riding away faster than all of us. As you, we're all walking the same direction as you, I'm going to be looking for stuff. Just scoping out whatever I can see. I don't know who's walking. I'm a, I'm, I'm hoping. Nev, with all those successes you got there, you got one, two, three, four, five, six. You can see in the darker parts of the forest or the jungle that... There's, like, more than a dozen sets of eyes looking at you in your direction, and they appear to be having, like, they appear to have, like, a faint glow to them. And that mist that was in the temple seems to be dispersing at this point all over the jungle and in the general area of those eyes. So with my advantage, can I can we say that the the bird is is ready to go like he is also sensing this so that when i get up on this bird he's not going to fight me he's going to cooperate and we're going to just take off so if you remember you tied that bird up right so you came out to see the bird like gnawing at its restraints and as soon as you untied it and jump like you barely had a second to (laughs) jump on it before it would like began running away okay Uh, do you see all those eyes we got to get out of here. I don't kind of see anything. Captain, catch up! You guys going to chase after the bird that's running away with Yeah, I'm just going to chase after the bird. After I, after I see those eyes and see the mist, I want to I wanna take off. What about John and Orsh, or uh, uh, Captain Torque and Orsh? I'm force marching Orsh out. 
to rescue the guy that we came here for originally. Yeah. So we're going to convince him he needs to go. <laughs> There's some okay. bad muju going on here. Yeah. All right. So we will go back to Cranon's house. You come up. Cranon is not in his house, or not outside. He, he sees smoke coming out of the chimney of his house, and that all the birds in the pasture. I mean, if you were to base what you know about these birds off of the one you've been around, they look agitated. Like mad or scared? Anxious would, yeah. Anxious would be a good way to put it. Okay. Well, I'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming I get there first. And I'll just, when, as soon as I get close enough, and, and the, I'm sure the bird will start getting, getting wild once it gets close. So as yeah. we get closer, I'll probably just hop off Right outside Cranons, and I'm small. They'll probably catch up to me eventually. Yeah. And, and I'll, you know, we'll hustle in. I was just, like, tossed around on the back of this unsaddled bird. So I'm probably not feeling the best. So I'm walking at a slowish pace. Bow-legged? Bow-legged for sure. I hate birds. So you guys are all going into the house to talk to Cranon? Yeah, when they catch up. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get out of here. Let's get our, let's get our, our info and leave. Captain, is that all right with you? Oh, you talking to Torque? Yeah. Hez isn't used to having a captain. <laughs> Cranon, are we, we're in the house, right? Well, the scene was, is you guys just dropped off the, the bird. You guys going into Cranon's to talk to him? Yeah. Okay, well, when you go into Cranon's house, this is all theater of the mind now. I don't actually have a map for Cranon's house. Acceptable. <laughs> you see all... It, it, the house is basically the same as when you left it, but you see Cranon talking to this short, gray, humanoid person. And, Moose, that's where you come in. You can kind of overhear them talking about the translation of something. So, HW's asking Cranon... I need, I need to know how to translate this so I can reach my goal. Can you help me? Lizard Man's going to be looking at this short gray man or person, and he's going to... Is it like a data... He's, I'm assuming it's like a data pad or a picture you've got, or is, do you have like a notebook with writing in there that you want to translate it? It's a notebook with writing. I'm okay. Old school. Old school style. Nice. He's going to pick the notebook or take the notebook out of your hand and look at it. He's going to narrow his eyes and go, what would you be wanting to do with these? You can see him scanning through and his eyes will narrow and he'll look. Do you, do you know what you got here? If I knew, I wouldn't be coming to you. Damn. Has roll... <laughs> he doesn't... Got your ass. He doesn't. Ca- he doesn't catch the insult. It, it looks like he is deep in thought. Has roll perception. Oh fuck! That's perfect. Cool. Yeah, you can kind of see over Cranon's shoulder and see that you, you get a good glimpse at the notepad. And the notepad, you, you can make out most of it now, which which is weird because when you're looking at it. Like, part of you knows that you don't know this language. Like, you've seen it before. But, like, you're like, no, I don't know how to read this, but I know what it says. Like, the words are kind of squiggly, but I can understand what they mean. Yeah. Like, they they vibrate. 
Yeah, you can make out like bits and pieces of the like, kind of like words and phrases. Mm-hmm. And I think it's thick like a ginger ale. Yeah, it has something to do with whatever is written there. It has something to do with time travel, time space. It's it like every time you try to like read closer, it just kind of like warbles out of you. But it's clearly right. talking about something to do with time and a a place, maybe a thing. A person? You don't know. It's just like every time you think about it, it's just like it just kind of again, just like a wet noodle. You you try you're trying to pin it down, and you just can't figure it out. Gross. And with that, it looks like Cranon's done with scanning the book, and he's going to glare back at the gray person in front of you and hand the book back and go, "Well, I can't help you with this. I want nothing to nothing to do with what you found." And at that, he's going to turn around and look at the group. As I'm slapping these fucking giant cat paws on this table, blood just everywhere. <laughs> here's, your, here's your proof. We got him. It was a huge cat. You know, it was like, it was big. It was like, rah, we were like, ah, pew, pew. And then the ceiling came down. It was like, Tell me you have that translated. Tell me you have that translation done. Cran's gonna clap his hands together and start rubbing them together and go, What? These deal? Yeah, I got your translations here. Cranon, we need to go. We? There's far worse things than what killed your birds on this rock. What's like what? Would you like him enough to warn him? There's nothing here that can take my birds. Yeah, let him believe that. Let's get our let's get our stuff and go. Fuck this guy. He's an asshole. What? What what are you talking about, you little He tried to feed me to his bird. What what is with this little raccoon? I thought we had We have a deal. Cranon, you're obviously valuable to the hut. We need to go. He has by the way, he's handed you what it looks like the data disk. Or he handed back he handed you back like a flash drive. Sweet. Alright, cool. Alright. Roll roll persuasion, Torque. Persuasion or leadership? Either one. You could do either one, John. Whichever one works for you, I would uh, leadership and persuasion both make sense to me. I think Josh would do a head says and get out of here. He looks like for almost a moment that he wants to go with you, but Clark, you've been around the bend for a while. You see some sort of like the hesitation is more like an addiction than like I don't know. You you've seen like gamblers and like alcoholics that sort of thing in your line of work and. For a second, he looks like he's going to go with you, and then there's like a pull of something behind his eyes where he can't leave. You know, I won't, no, 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 I won't, nothing to do with that. Hold on, hold on that, I am staying here. Fine, stop talking. Little gray man, will you go with us? We need to leave this place. Yeah, I don't know you. You could be cool. We're in danger. We should probably leave this guy. At this point, Hez, do you want to say anything to... Not Cranon. Not Cranon, but the, the gray guy, because you do recognize some of what he's got there. Hey, listen, I see what you got there. Something about time magic stuff and people doing time stuff. I can I can I can help, I think, but we got we we <laughs> not if we stay here. Sweet. I'll give you a dark side. Or I'll give you a light side point back. Thank you. Yeah. HW just kinda looks at him and Hez will just hear I'll go with you. Oh shit. But everyone in the room gets to hear it. Oh. Oh my god, that's crazy. Oh, cool, you're one of those mind speakers. Yeah, we gotta go. He said he's cool, guys. I don't know if you heard him or not, but he said he's cool. Let's get out of here. Let's go. 
Torque's going to head out the door yelling, get to the chopper! <laughs> as far as I was to greet and invite this person along, Hez is also like right behind the captain. Like, Welcome to the crew! Uh-huh. HW, as you're, you're leaving there, you hear Cranon go, yeah, well, smart move, yeah. Actually, when you get a chance, tell Jonga about what you see. I bet he'll love it. And you can just kind of like hear this almost venom dripping from his voice as he's talking. You let me tell Jonger what we found. I've been dealing with him for quite a while. Yeah, you get the idea that maybe this, they're, these guys' his boss, or whoever they answer to might... Don't listen to that ugly old lizard. He's a piece of shit. He tried to feed me to those birds. <laughs> he tried to feed me to those damn birds. I'll never forget him. I think the birds just tried to eat he you. Keeps calling me, he keeps calling me rodent and rat. Just like Orsh. <laughs> yeah, you get this feeling as you're leaving that maybe their boss... Might be able to help you. At the very least, it, it's not worth staying here anymore. So these guys look terri- like not ter- maybe not terrified, but scared enough that something is coming for them, and this is not the safest place to be. I'd like to rephrase your terrified to mission oriented. Right. Yeah, there you I go. I was going to say because John's character is a Tom, and they're the precursors of the Mandalorian, so I don't know about fear. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's still, either way, like, fear might not, isn't the right way to put it, but there, st- you get the distinct feeling that staying with this guy and trying to barter with him may not be the wisest decision. These guys look like they could take care of their own, and they're not staying. So do you guys just leave straight through the town, or are you going to stop and talk to anybody, or what are you doing? I have nobody to talk to in this town. <laughs> yeah, no. We're, we're heading out. All right. Ben, are you on board with that? Like, we're just getting out? Yeah, I'm good. Let's get out of here. All right. So you, uh, I mean, it looks like everybody's closing shop for the day in the town. Everything's starting to wind down. And, like, the town isn't acting weird, right? It was just that kid. The town seems to be functioning as normal. Yep. It seems like a normal, I mean, you've never been to this planet before, but, like, seems like a normal day for these people. Nobody's acting out of the ordinary. Looks like the merchants and the cool people that have set up stalls are just closing up. Everybody's winding down. Then we are back. We are getting back onto the ship as soon as we can. Yep. As you leave, you see that same customs customs agent that talked to you on the way in. He's like, "Oh, wow, you leave it already." Yep. Stop shipping kids in those crates. See you later. Bye. <laughs> oh, okay. Bye. Yeah. So you guys jump on your ship. No issues. And you take off back towards Both Cree to meet up with Jonger. So while we're on our way over here, while you guys are in transit, I mean, it's like a day, half, yeah, we'll call it a day's trip. We're just floating through space. I mean, you're like in the hyperlane. We were too afraid to remember how to drive, so we just drifted. We all ran as hard as we could towards the front of the ship and hit the wall and just let it carry and it. Just let us carry it through. Yep, you powered it through sheer force of will. Didn't want to waste gas. Jogger hates it when we waste gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while you guys are traveling, I mean, you, get, you hit the hyperspace lane and you're traveling back to Vothkri from Ultar. Do you, would you guys talk to your new companion that you have with you? Well, well, first, we should probably everyone who's on the ship now currently describe what we look like, what we're what we're wearing, stuff, how we appear. 
Because there Hez, after we get all that out of the way, Hez is going to start pickpocketing weapons off people and modifying them for fun. So when everything finally settles down and we're on the ship and everyone's you know up and moving about after hyperdrive and whatnot, Hez, I've I've described what he looks like as a fox, but he's wearing um blue mechanics coveralls with the sleeves ripped off and a really dusty old like vest vest it's a really fancy vest but it looks like it's been sitting in a closet for the last like 200 years and he's wearing that over his coveralls so he's no sleeves he's got a giant wrench that he carries with him it's a hydro spanner it's huge and on the side of it it's engraved with chuck and he goes straight for the workshop. <laughs> so who's, whose weapons did you, you took everybody's I weapons? I don't take anybody's, yeah. I was going to let everybody kind of sh- describe what we all... I've already got an order in with Hez. Oh, that's true. I'll just, do the, I'll just do the armor. Okay. I'll start fighting pieces. My character, Neb, 6'5", and extremely muscular. His hair, tentacle things, whatever you want to call him, blue. He's about 39 years old. He's got a tattoo, a very distinct sleeve tattoo of his home planet, and it's three moons uh, with his family's names written in his home planet's language. And there's a scar on his left cheekbone all the way down to his jawline. Nice. Cool. And what, what's your, you're a Thalothian. Yeah, sorry, I'm a Thalothian. I believe there's a Jedi named Adi Galia. If you were to look up what a Thalothian is, you can look up Adi Galia. Typical Tong. Maybe a little older than middle-aged. Are they like reptilian? Kind of, yeah. Carry a shock lance. It's my weapon of choice. Most of my clan was killed during the last war. So I'm just out trying to get to honor among this thieving band of ruffians. Yeah. <laughs> when I say honor for my clan, like, I mean more like not necessarily refusing fights, like wanting to be strong in the face of danger. Yeah. Okay. And then HW, you want to describe yourself? So HW, you look at him, what you basically see is like a gray humanoid shape, small. He's just wearing a robe. That's that's all he wears. You see, he's carrying around like a giant backpack with like a bunch of tools in it for digging and doing research. Beyond that, you also notice he doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you when he speak, like you can tell when he's speaking because you just kind of hear his words come to you directly. That's awesome. Is it? Yeah. Right. All right, so do you guys talk to each other at all while you're on the ship here? Like, I know HW there, you, you are trying to get something translated, correct? Yes. You've been trying to research kind of where your, your people came from, right? Yes, that is correct. HW wants to find the source of where his people came from. The Polis Masan, like the planet itself, has been long gone. So he goes deep into archaeological findings to try to find where his people came from. Yeah, and Hez said he would help you, but after we all got on the ship, he just, when you got come up the landing bay, there's a workshop off to one side, 
and he just went straight into the workshop with all these wolf pelt or cat pelts and stuff. So if you were looking for help, that's where he would be. You said your name is HW? Yes. I guess we haven't actually introduced ourselves in character, have we? No, that's kind of what I was trying to push you guys towards. <laughs> yeah, so Hez walks away, and you guys are all in the hangar bay with each other. All right, little gray man. My name is Captain Torcott. You can call me Torque for short. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself now that we've got you on our ship? Yes, I am. I am HW. I am an archaeologist looking for information regarding my race. The little the little fox man thing said he could help, so here I am. So just as kind of a pre-warning, we are on our way back to Jonger Hut. I guess it's up to you whether or not you want to get into debt with him. Otherwise, once we're free, we can maybe help you work out something. You know what? I will use a light side point or a dark side point here. I forgot to mention, your Polos Masin is unusually jacked, correct? Yes, he is like... He's not lithe. Like, if I don't know, I guess it would be dependent on if anybody in the crew knew anything about Polis Massans. They could do a xenology check, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, like under the robes, you can tell that he's like muscular. You said he, he's short, right? Yeah, he's short. He's like he's like a meter and a half tall. Well, that's HW. My name's Neb. Real quick, I used the dark side point. Torque, you notice that little journal that he's carrying has some inscriptions on the front of it that kind of seem like stuff that you've come across in the employee of Jonger. It might be worth having somebody with you, this guy with you, or at the very least, you could introduce him to Jonger. You, you probably have misgivings about it, but I guess that's up to you. But you do know that this person and Jonger at least have. I would say, if anything, though, my misgivings are having to work for somebody. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm working for Jonger, but I, it's not something that I would be what I want to do. You're not right. going to recruit for him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with that, you do know that this guy is at least has some... There's some in, intersection on what this guy is interested in and what Jonger is interested in. Do with that what you will. Kind of in the same predicament as you are. My planet was destroyed. I'm just trying, I'm just going out there trying to avenge my family's death. Nice. He, he just looks at you. Doesn't say anything, just looks at you. <laughs> that was so, so blunt. I feel you. I feel you. HW, what's in your little book there? I'm looking for assistance in translating this information I have in, in regards to a potential insight into my past, into the past of my species. Do you show it to him? I'll show him the cover. Okay. Is there writing or anything on the cover? Yeah, there's some like sigil. It looks like maybe some sigils or something that you've, you swear you've seen before. So could I roll a xenology or something to see if I recognize it? Uh, how about lore? It's not a good night of rolling for me. We should probably get combat again. That's too bad. Um, I already already told you that you uh, recognize it, but it's nothing more than like a kind of like a gut feeling where you tell, or you're like, I kind of see. Those are similar squiggles that I've seen on things. Joggers had me pick up. Yeah, basically that's that's it. You don't get anything else from it. 
but that you know what makes the hut drool and it makes you uncomfortable yeah <laughs> anything jogger gets super interested in is usually not great news uh, but you don't get anything else beyond that okay well then i'm gonna tell hw that just i know that that's something that jogger is interested in but also warn him that he may not want to be involved with him as well but i can introduce you if you are interested Awesome. HW will look at him and say, I would very much like to meet this jogger. Perfect. All right. So with that, I'm assuming you guys... Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, go for it. So I'm looking at this armor, crafting, and I just a real quick question. Uh-huh. Between light armor and customizable armor, I was thinking about doing light armor. It's the lesser of the two. Uh-huh. But can I, when, I, when I make the rolls to create it, can I have, like, since I have so many pelts and they're in really good quality still their condition still can i upgrade or add boosts or something you can i have two large pelts and then the one giant pelt and i've got so i have three of them total uh you can make two attempts how about that you mean just like make you mean just like make two rolls or whatever and take the better of the two i kind of meant yeah do that okay <laughs> Cool. Go for it. So, right after you guys finish your introductions, you hear you hear over the intercom, the ship's intercoms, the same voice that you heard when you landed here to begin with, blast over them and say, "And so, what is? We picked you up on a radar. What is your business?" This is the Atten Sword. Do you copy? We, we copy you at Sog. What, what is your business? We wish to speak with Jogger. One moment. Atten Sog, you're clear for landing. Thank you. Which platform? You hear silence, and then all of a sudden some coordinates are beamed up to you. Thank you, sir. I've received the coordinates. We'll land shortly. Roger that. Over and out. You just get radio silence. <laughs> Yeah, it's the coordinates of the same town, Bob Cree, that you had been to before. We're going down to the planets. So as you are here, let me do something real quick. The last time you were in here, you saw what looked like a... Uh, there was a lot of hustle and bustle and motion, just people going back and forth, setting things up, and now there's... Th- that commotion is gone. I, I should say, okay, let me start out. You guys are going straight to Jonger, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just kept getting, yeah, okay, so you come in and you see the hustle and bustle is that you originally saw is not there anymore. So you see people, there's a line of what look like servants, because they are all wearing butler and maid uniforms. Question, Orsh is still with us, correct? Yes. Is the individual he struck with the glass bottle around? Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> sure. The one of the butlers has just a giant goose egg right now. I'm gonna punch him right in the thigh and be like, "Give that guy some credits." Punch who in the oh, Orsh? Orsh, yeah. Uh, Orsh is Orsh is acting weird through this whole time. This whole thing, like he's just been very silent and it's got got not quite a thousand miles stare, but like maybe a hundred. At least say you're sorry. Come on. Oh. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. And he will give him 
uh, an undisclosed amount of credits. But if you looked pretty hard, it would look like five five credits. That's what I was looking to. <laughs> <laughs> to which as immediately steals them back. I won't. I'm I, I'm gonna let Adam get everybody into the game. I, I wanted to so bad, <laughs> but I, but I'm not. If as remembers, that guy didn't seem to have too much money to begin with. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I went to pay pocket before. He only had five credits before. It had like a note that said like This is our money. This is the money to feed mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, as you walk in, there is just this person, this maid right here, will stand and look at you. She she looks. This is where the major domo that you met before, the chiss, was standing, and she's casting an imposing figure. She looks to be in charge, and she will look at you and go, "Ah, oh, yes, Master Master Jonga is." Expecting you, but he has business. And one one moment, please. And she will put two of her fingers from her right hand up to her ear. And you can kind of see she's got a headset or some sort of talking piece in her ear. And will just kind of mutter to her shoulder. And then stop muttering. And then nod and say... Master Carter says that it is okay for you to come in. Lord Jonga is very excited to hear from you. Oh, yeah, I would hope so. He sent us on a mission, so, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, why we're here. And Hez just kind of pushes his way in. Can I grab Hez by the collar? <laughs> Remind him of the last time we came through here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you leave, Captain. Okay, so you guys walk in and you see Jonger is. This is what I needed to say. I need to add one more character onto this board. And I don't make eye contact with that Chiss guy because I don't like him either. Right. So what you see is. Oh, God, no. Yeah, there's. Jonger sitting where he was sitting before. The room is actually... The room before seemed to have some of his effects in the room. That... I mean, you all minus HW have... You knew that Jonger had some of his personal effects in there with him. It's just stuff that he has sent you to fetch for him before. But everything is good. The room is clear now. It's just kind of like this very... It's not plain, but it is definitely like... I don't know, I wouldn't call it a throne room, but there's like a dais that he's sitting on, and it's very clearly there for the next person to take over, and like, this is where official matters will be handled out through. Like, the plastic's still on all the chairs? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Everyone's sitting on the plastic? The only thing that doesn't have, yeah, Jonger's the only one sitting on, like, a throne-ish. Like, his big seat is the only one that doesn't have plastic on. You can tell, like, he's This is his personal, like, Hover sled. More, more just like he doesn't care that he's sitting on someone else's seat. <laughs> oh, cool. And he is signing paperwork, and there is another, we'll call him middle-aged hut, standing off to the side watching him sign these papers. And you could hear him talking to Jonger, saying like, Hez, you can actually understand him now, or understand that hut, and he is saying, Inside here, 
and here, and here. And he's going to look up at you guys and go, <laughs> Looks like your, your help has arrived, Joker. And you, you can kind of almost hear like a laugh coming from this other hut, this, this younger green hut next to him. And Jogger does not react at all. The Chiss will, however, who is supervising, not supervising, but watching, will look over at your group and go, huh, so were you all successful in getting, obtaining the translation of? And he will glance off to the side at the other hut. I pull the data drive out of my jumper and I hand it to the captain. I keep my eyes like thousand yard uh, stare. The Chiss will politely hold his hand out in your direction, Torque, with one eyebrow cocked. I'll hand it to the Chiss. He will give you a, a slight smile and say, Excellent. And plug it into his data pad that he has in front of him. And we'll be reading through, he, it looks like he just starts reading through the information that's being presented to him. And he, you just hear him mutter, nice, you, you've done well. Jonger, hey, we have a private word with you. Jonger will flick his eyes up. It, it's, his head is bowed over just like a stack of paperwork. He'll look at you for like a split second, and then his eyes glance back down at the paperwork, and the chist will also glance his eyes towards you and say, Lord Jonger is in the middle of the change of hands. He must finish this first. You hear the younger hut laugh and say, It's you, Bubba, nobody, Bob. And you hear Jogger just kind of huff. As you heard, again, it's like super weird for you. It's disorienting because, like, you don't know. You didn't know Huddies. Yeah, you didn't know Huddies, and you certainly didn't know what they were, like, the dialect that they were speaking before. Right. But you're, like, this. there's, like, this like overlap in your almost like your brain what you heard before like from what they're saying and what you're hearing in your brain so like i can hear the huddies kind of in the background but yeah. then but i'm actually like uh it overlaid with the the translation almost in my own voice or something yeah well it not quite in your own voice like it somehow it's like giving okay. you their voice too like it's Perfect. like what i'm saying disorienting like it is so I'm I'm just super unnerved at this point. Yeah, it's very jarring for you. If you could see me sweat, you would. I started licking his little fox lips. What you hear the younger hut say is this Well, you you help them. Quite pushy, Jonger. Seems they don't know their place. You just see Jonger glance at him real quick and then just huff. He clearly doesn't fucking care. Did have you said what this other hut's name is? No, I haven't. If you want to roll streetwise, wait, that's not in this. What what am I looking for? For streetwise, but for a hut, would probably knowledge underworld or yeah, do that. It per thank you. Do underworld knowledge underlord or underworld. You've been around enough. It, it's a pretty easy difficulty. Just roll that. Yeah, you know this guy is. Kind of in the same department as Jonger. He is, he's the supervisor of the change of hands. He comes around, he goes to make sure that there's no backstabbing or 
general underhandedness done every time Jonger hands off these trade outposts than the person taking over for him. Like a legal witness that goes around to different acquisitions when they're complete and yeah. finalizes the paperwork. Okay. With all those successes, you know that Jeroff, this hut, does not like Jonger. You don't know why with the two threat. You've never really pried into it, but you know just based off of watching their interactions that Jeroff more often than not talks shit to Jogger in kind of like backhanded compliments sort of way. Going off of, you don't know Huddies either, but they're based on the faces that his translators usually make between him and the chiss in front of you, you can tell that insults are being traded back and forth. Other than that, you don't know much. You know you could ask around, though. You know who you could ask to with all those successes. While Jeroth is insulting Jonger here, you hear the Chiss go, Lothic, it's here. We know where they're at. You were right on the money with that, with your intuition. Jonger will stop. What he, he was in the middle of, like, you could tell he was in the middle of a signature, and he stops and looks right at him. And like for it, like that second, everyone in the room can tell that that second held just a little bit longer than it had before when he was stopping and like glancing at people. Jonger nods and goes back to set, finishing his signature. After that moment, Jeroff will make another remark to Jonger. As you hear, oh, uh, so Jonger, I hear that your train outpost you set out on Randon isn't doing so well. Maybe you're slipping with your setups. Jonger will stop and look at him and just huff again and go, Uh, Randon got set up over a decade ago. That no one ever happened there after this point isn't my fault. It looks like Jeroff is about to say something else and the Chiss will cut, you, cut him off and say, Look, there's something you should see. And he will walk over to him and show him the data pad and be pointing at something on there. And you can hear, he, he's going to be whispering something to back, and they're going to be whispering something back and forth. If you guys want to try to overhear what they're saying, you're going to need to roll perception. Is that something you guys want to do? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll roll perception. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so the only person that didn't hear anything is Neb. You get an advantage. With your advantage, no success. You can tell whatever they're doing seems important, or they're talking about seems important. Everybody else but Hez, because Hez is going to hear something completely different. They will hear the Chiss say, point out what what it says. It says it's here. This is the last place that it was dropped off. Yep. And then Jogger will say, like, It's our gonna know we, we got. Then the Chiss will say, I, we looked, we didn't see. And then Jogger will cut him off again and say, Beware. Hez, what you heard was the same thing where the Chiss is saying, They're saying it's here. This is the last place it was dropped off. And then Jogger will go, I thought there was nothing. I thought you said there was nothing there. And then the Chiss will go, Well, we looked. We didn't see anything. And then Jonger will say, Well, 
coupled with all of this, uh, it seems that you may have missed something. And then Chiss will go, but... And then Jogger will go... Enough. Look into it. With that, the Chiss will nod, look at Jogger, nod, and then look at the group and say, Well, it looks like we got your next job for you. We are going to the planet Randon, and we are going to look into what's going on with this trade outpost. Its failure reflects poorly on our load here. Since Neb did not hear, would he be able to like nudge the captain or whatever and be like, hey, what did they say? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, sure, you can say that. So that he still gets the information and is aware as well. Yeah, you can do that. Torque, would, right, so, would you tell him what's being said at this moment? Yeah, I would tell him. Okay. The chiz tells us that. Like, is there a way that I can, without saying it in front of the little hut, like, that I, I want to <laughs> ask more questions. Like, you're not going to just send us out on a new job when he's signing over this position. Is that how you ask it? Uh... <laughs> I mean, we could say that was the gist of what you were asking. The Chiss will look at you and say, uh, uh. So you can tell when he says, uh, he's kind of like sideways glancing at the other hut in the room and trying, you can see like the wheels spinning in his head. How I want it to be more like I will look at the Chiss and like nod my head towards the door and like give him like a look like I want to talk, but not something that can be translated to the other hut. Yeah, uh, so, perfect. And then also, one more time, I will try to talk to Lord Jonger. Okay. It should be like, no, I'll wait. I'll just talk to the Chiz. Okay. Since Jonger looks busy. Yeah. The Chiz will look at you and kind of see, he'll, he'll interpret everything that you just said. And you can see, like, the wheel spinning in his head as he's doing it. And he, like I said, glances at the other hut in the room. And his, his nod almost looks appreciative. And he will say, uh, I'm actually going with you on this one. I have things I need to look into, too. I, we will discuss the mission as we are en route. And as he, he looks like he's about to head out... And then he, like, he was literally in mid-footstep and then stops as he notices a new member in the group. And stop, cock his head, look at you and go, who is this? Yeah, seems you picked up a new member. It is someone who would like to talk to Lord Jonger when he has time. Mm. Very well. I'll bet this person, and if, if I find it, with the Lord's time, he, of course, can have time to talk to him. But at the moment, and he's going to kind of glance back towards Jonger, who is looking mildly irritated now. Or distracted, you can't tell. Jonger doesn't generally show many facial expressions. It's hard for a bull to do so. Right? <laughs> uh, the Chiss will go, why don't we talk outside? And then he will gesture his arm towards the door that... Somehow opened, like, on cue. Like, you didn't, you didn't see him talking to anyone. But the door is now opening as he gestures towards it. 
And with that, we'll end this episode of Tales of the Outer Rim, Stranger Skies. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can check us out online at talesoftheouterrim.com, at least for now, and where you will be able to find links to our Twitter. You should be able to find our Instagram. And make sure you check out the SoundCloud link for Steph Makepeace, who does the music for our show. Give us some listens and some likes, and we will see you next time. May the Force be with you. Sure, pilot. What? Yeah. What's the name of our ship again? I'm sorry. Atten Sword. Sword. Uh, yeah. This is Captain Zord. Come in. Do you copy? <laughs> <laughs> You will give him a goddamn platform. You yes and him right the fuck now, Adam. Fine. Um, yeah, you're <laughs> dying. My bad. <laughs>